happy Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of the OEA. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us each and every Friday. We're really excited today to have with us Mandy Snyder, who is the Noble County Assessor. Mandy, how are you? I'm good. How are y'all? Good. Um, we were wanting to visit with you today about the issue of ad valorem taxes. Um, you recently um, testified in a um, an interim study up at the Capitol about this issue, and we were wanting to, to chat with you about it. So before we get into sort of the controversial stuff that's happening with protests, let's t- let's go through how property taxes work. Can you kind of like sort of start to finish? How does that come to be? Uh, how does how do those dollars get to schools? You bet. So um, the very words ad valorem uh, are Latin for according to value. Oh. So we're going to go out and we're going to assess property. We're going to do business personal property. We're going to do real estate. We're going to do commercial property. Uh, we're going to put a value on that property. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to pay taxes according to the value of that property. And so what we do is we start out with uh, the value and the lien date in Oklahoma is January 1st. Okay. So if you build a home, we're going to do, we'll just talk through a home. If you're going to build okay. a home on February 1st, that home is not going to be taxable until the following year because it wasn't there January 1st. Okay. So everything that's there January 1st is going to be valued. And then it's going to be, we're going to send you a notice and let you know way in advance. Uh Hey, here's the value we're putting on that property. Once you get that notice, um, that's when you come in and file for any exemptions you might qualify for uh, through the law. Um, Those values are then certified. Usually about August, we certify certify those values. Uh And what that means is that's when we tell the schools, here's the amount of value that you're gonna get. Got it. And that's where the budget process kind of starts. Okay. Um, Property taxes are, the value goes to the school district they're sitting in. So all the value in your school district will trickle down to taxes for your school. And the tax dollars are gonna go to public education, uh, Votex. Uh, It's going to go to, if you have fire or ambulance districts, county Mm -hmm. health departments, and then of course the operations of the county. You know, I, every year when I, I live in Oklahoma County and every year when I get the letter that says, here's where all your property taxes go, it makes me so proud because it's like the library, you know, I mean, it's, you actually get to see where those dollars actually go to those different organizations. So do you guys then, you guys send those dollars on to the, the government entities that receive them. That's exactly right. Whatever uh, the county treasurer, once the assessor values the property, the county treasurer then applies that school district's millage. And a millage is simply uh, the number that everybody comes up with that, that we need to fund that, that school. Um, about, depending on your school district, but approximately 70 to 75% uh, of of your tax dollars go to your local schools in your in your county school district where you live yes so exactly. so 
Now, the, the issue that came up with the interim study that people have been discussing is the issue of protests. So people might, a, a person or a company or someone might say, I disagree with the value that you, you think that my property is worth. Is that sort of big picture what it is? It sure is. In, um, in that process, after we value it, but way before tax time. So you get your tax statement usually in October or November. Uh -huh. Well, if you back up to about February or March of that year, uh -huh. you're going to get a notice from the county assessor. The only yeah. time you're going to get a notice is if it's an increase. So oh, okay. once you get that notice, uh, you have 30 days to file what's called an informal protest. Uh -huh. And that's just with your local assessor. Come in, you have a discussion. Uh, Here's why I think your value is incorrect. The assessor will say, you know, very possibly the assessor could say, you know what, you're right. Mm -hmm. There's something about your property that I was unaware of. Yeah. And, and we can adjust the value at that time. Uh, if the assessor does not believe there's a problem, uh, we're going to stay with that value. Mm -hmm. Then you can file a formal protest with our board of equalization on a county level. Uh, and then they would actually... Um, make a decision on whether they want to keep that value at what the assessor has it on for. They mm -hmm. can lower it to what the taxpayer believes it is, or the board can actually put a value on it themselves of what they believe it's worth. Oh, okay. So in, in school districts, you have both residential uh, settings, places that you're evaluating, but you also have, or yeah, evaluate, I guess evaluate, but also you have corporations. So does that process differ for corporations? Is the protest different for corporations? Because that's going to be, a, I would think, a higher tax revenue stream than my little house. Yeah. Right. And it it's not so much who owns it, but what it is. So okay. if it's a piece of real estate, um, that's going to be any, if I value it any higher, than what I did the previous year, I have to send you a notice. And that starts the protest period. Um, on wind farms, oil and gas equipment, big manufacturing, uh -huh. uh, it's called per business personal property. And okay. if it's business personal property, you actually render to me what you believe the value of it is by March 15th. And I can choose to use that value or I can change it. And if I go any higher than what you reported to me, I have to send a notice. And so everyone, whether they receive a notice or not, has the opportunity to protest by the first Monday in April. Okay. If you receive a notice, you then have 30 days from the date on that notice. But everybody has a, a window. Yes. So, so what happens if the, so it goes to a, you can protest then to the, you can sort of appeal to the Board of Equalization. Um, so what happens if they decide yes, no, or something different? What if you don't like the outcome of that? Okay, once the board makes that decision, the county assessor or the taxpayer can actually file in district court. Um, okay. So if the taxpayer then files in court, um, they still have to pay their taxes when the tax bill comes due. Okay. But they, they can pay what's called under protest, uh -huh. and they have to have a docket number showing that they have filed in district court. Uh -huh. uh, but, but once they file that, so it doesn't keep them from having to pay, okay. they still have okay. to pay. 
Yeah. But whatever is in question, the, the tax, that's the difference between what the county assessor says it's worth and what the taxpayer says it's worth, the difference is then held in escrow. Okay. It can't okay. be apportioned out until the case is settled. So, I mean, that could be a while. I have a, um, some cases in, in my county that are still on the books from 2016. Oh, so my word. is still held in escrow because the court has not settled yet. Oh, my word. So it just hangs out there? So It, it does. Wow. Um, and and that's, that's not getting, getting to our schools, not getting to our kids, not getting to all the other core services that are funded by our taxes either. That's exactly right. And ladies, right now in Oklahoma, statewide, we have $80 million in escrow. Oh, my word. That is money that Oklahoma services need. I mean, absolutely. if there's ever a time, good grief. So, okay. I just, that is blowing my mind. And I had a question and now I just can't. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so sorry. Five years is so long. And, um, and they can protest there, there's not like a, a, a test, a, a test, I'm all around a test, uh, not like a criteria they have to meet in order to file a protest. They can just say, no, we want to file a protest. We feel like you're, you're asking or your, evalu your evaluation is too much. It can be like, sounds like multiple ways that they could say, nope, we want to stop this right here. That's exactly right. And a great example of that um, is in, in my county, we have a wind farm. Um, that is being protested. Uh -huh. um, they actually reported a value to me and I used their value. I did not increase over what they reported. And 25 days later, they filed a what? protest on the number they reported and asked for a 50% reduction. What? And so that money oh. is tied up in the courts. Oh, I have some feelings about that that I will keep to myself. <laughs> Is this okay? So, how common is this? Like, like I, you know, I own a home, and I would, and it didn't, it would not cross my mind to protest that, mostly because they're like, your home is worth ten dollars, and I'm like, yes, I know. So, yes, but, <laughs> but how common, how common is that for people to, for like a homeowner to protest or a business to protest? Is that something that happens all the time? Most of the time, on a residential property, if a taxpayer comes in on an informal protest with the local county assessor. I'm going to be able to turn right around and print out some comparable sales that are either going to tell the taxpayer, yeah. hey, my value is pretty steady compared yeah. to what things are selling for, or it's going to tell me, whoa, you're right. Yeah, I'm a little high on that and I need to yeah. fix that. Uh, so most of the time, because residential sales are so common in every county, Right. It's fairly easy for us to come to an agreement because there's documentation right in front of us to show us that. Yeah. Um, as far as big companies, uh, wind industry or oil and gas industry, um, they're going to want what's called an income approach. Um, and the income approach is based on, it has to be based off documentation that those companies provide to us, which they feel is confidential. So that's where our big problem is. Uh, there's not a lot of sales in Noble County of wind farms. Or right. <laughs> you, uh, so you can't just I can't. Yeah, exactly. So I can't look at sales. Yeah. Um, and if they don't want to provide income data to us, we can't do an income approach. 
the only other approach to value is going to be cost. Uh, and so that's usually what we rely on is the cost approach. And in times like last year with COVID, when it seemed to cause everything, you know, to, to increase for us and decrease in people's pockets and um, that income stream to those companies fell. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're still using the cost numbers from the previous year. So that seems to be where a lot of the disconnect was last year. So we, we've talked a lot about uh, the the problems and the issues that are happening. What are, What solutions do we have? What can we be doing differently? I do think the main issue, and I said this during the interim study, Um, I have had several conversations one-on-one with some industry. And when we sit down and discuss it, we are not that far apart in the actual value. I really don't believe that we are. But where the problem comes in is just communicating with each other. Yeah. Um, I I told the story in, in this interim study of one county that went years in a court case with one company. And once the courts actually um, asked for the company to provide those documents showing the information, the assessor settled out of court because she finally had the proof that she'd been asking for for years. Wow. So it's just going to be a matter of sitting down, putting all of our baggage, for lack of a better word, aside and discussing it and figuring out where we're at, I really think communication is gonna be our biggest answer to all of this. Do we have any legislation that's causing barriers that we need to maybe resolve in the legislative arena? Or or, something they could write new or? I know there's been a couple things that that have come out recently. Uh, The industry was really excited about one that Representative Pfeiffer ran uh, and it spelled out in the statute practices that assessors are really already using. Uh, So I'm I'm happy that it's in statute. It just talks about using IAAO standards, which is the International Association of Assessing Officers. And it's just kind of our guide and Mm -hmm. what sets our standards and our normal practices. It puts some of that in statute. Um, I think if we put some teeth in some of the existing statutes that talks about um, them providing information, um, I really think that that would help. Um, That's- Do they need to put in there, you have to go to mediation first? (laughs) I've actually had counties that have gone to mediation and it just doesn't work. Really? yeah, there, there actually is a lot of times before you end up in court, you do go through mediation. Go through mediation. Wow. Yeah. Um, but it comes back to we have to have some document. We, and I don't care if you are an oil company or a hair salon. Yeah. If you come in and tell me uh, that you believe my value is incorrect, I am absolutely happy to listen to you and talk to you about it but I need you to tell me why. Yeah, And that's yeah. the disconnect. Are, are we're being told that we're wrong, but no one will tell us why. Oh, it sounds like my children. It exactly. sounds like my kids. They do that all the time. <laughs> well, 
We appreciate you so much, Mandy, for explaining this critical part of school funding and how it comes together. Um, we know that you are very busy uh, always, and especially this time of year. So we appreciate your time very much. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. It's a big deal, and I'm hoping that we can come up with some solutions. Well, we are honored today to have Superintendent Kevin Sims of Minko joining us. How are you, Superintendent? Doing well. Good. Um, we wanted to visit with you about a subject that is um, complex to say the least, uh, property taxes. So uh, you were part of the interim study looking at um, property tax protests recently and talking about how that affected your district. So can you give us sort of a big picture view of how Minko, um, how your funding works in Minko? Certainly. Um, before we had the uh, investment of, of wind energy in Minko, our valuation was rather low. Uh, it was, uh, we're a school district in, in Northern Grady County. Mm -hmm. you know, not too far from UConn, Mustang, Tuttle, uh, some larger districts, but we, we have around 600 students. Our um, student population, or I'm sorry, our, our, our net evaluation at that time was about 13 million, if you mm -hmm. go back about 11 years ago. Uh, and because of that, our state aid, we, we, we drew about $1.3 million annually in state aid. Mm -hmm. Or we are supposed to, half the time you got cuts, you know, and so. Right, right. That's in there, but. Um, with the investment of the wind farms, what we saw was a drastic growth. Now, we've had a lot of other growth in our uh, community and also in our um, school district itself mm -hmm. that this year, our value in August was $63 million. Wow. A lot of money. Wow. And the, it's, a, it's a high evaluation, not a lot of money. It's a high evaluation. Yeah. So, in essence, what has happened over time in the last few years, we we don't receive a lot of state aid dollars at Minka. We're off the top half. Uh -huh. I'm not going to get into the whole formula because it's confusing and it, yeah. we spent hours on that and we still wouldn't understand. <laughs> but ad valorem is a chargeable. And so yeah. the uh, state aid office, they see our valuation, our gross production, and they say, okay, or they, they, they put those numbers into the uh, system and it comes out, we receive about 200, a little over $200,000 a year in state aid, mm -hmm. which is not a problem because due to the high valuation, we get large out of payments in, in yeah. January and, and through through June. And um, we're pretty well locally funded. Yeah, yeah. Because of that, which is positive for Minko, obviously, but it's also positive for, you know, for a school just seven or eight miles from here, Union City, that doesn't have that luxury, they do require state aid. Right. We don't take that, they, we don't take part of their pie, if that makes sense. Yep. So the system works. I mean, it's, it's hard to understand, it's confusing, but it works. Mm -hmm. Those guys that put that together and ladies that put that together years ago, hey, they, they were smarter than I am. And <laughs> it does it does serve a purpose. The issue that we have in Minko with it was that in 2020, uh, I received a phone call in August from next from the wind energy company that and they protested their taxes. And we're finding this actually all over the state of Oklahoma, not just with wind energy companies, but with some oil and gas companies. Or and one one major, I should say, it's really two major companies we're talking about here yeah. when it comes to protests. 
there are several kind of companies do protest, but um, in the oil and gas industry, there is one major player with the, with the protest situation. But um, for us, the protests last year, we lost, if you will, I say we lost. We, it's, it's in a escrow account, Grady County. Right, right. We did not receive $1.3 million of funding. Which is That's a lot huge. of money. So, yeah, and, go ahead. So, to, and so for folks who might not know, when they protest, the, that money goes into a holding account. So you guys can't access it. The, right. So here, here's the situation. The, the net assessed valuation for the wind energy company here in Minko was around, um, which is done by a third party. Okay. And this, the, the county assessor accepts those numbers. And then the okay. county excise board approves those numbers. And that's your evaluation. Yeah. So that company, I think it was around $25 million mm -hmm. uh, was, it was there, um, or around $23 million rather, was their net assessed valuation on their equipment, on the wind, you know, on everything to, to do with mm -hmm. that, uh, with, with the wind towers. They protested that in their belief, their value, well, it was a 70% protest on that 25 million. So 70% of that 25 million um, we don't get as wow. far as the taxes. It's pretty substantial. Yes. Our, our general fund was hit by about $650,000. Oh my gosh. Uh, our um, sinking fund was hit about $500,000. Well, well, a little over $400,000, I should say. And our building fund was hit around $100,000. So um, th there's quite a lot of money. And, and actually, it's worse than that for me I just, because I have also Caddo, Canadian County. Uh -huh. I don't have those numbers in front of me, but it, it does. It totals up to about one, one and a half million dollars. Um, when you when you talk about those big buckets, I mean, I just think, oh, my gosh, like that is that is teachers in your classroom. That's keeping your buildings running. That's utilities. I mean, that is like every I mean, that's touching everything. Well, the concern I had uh, as I'm watching this. And knowing from August to, to uh, you know June 30th of last year, and seeing where our gross production because we had we're high gross production area uh -huh. with uh, natural gas production as well, and our gross production dollars had just tanked. You know we we'd gone right. from drawing 65 to 70 75 thousand dollars a month in gross production when I mean, we were the district was very well off, um, and um, it went from that to you know we were we're taking in. Twelve, fifteen thousand dollars a month. Oh my gosh! So that was another heavy loss, and so I anticipated our carryover was going to drop from one point four million to about four hundred thousand, oh, and wow. that was not from mismanagement. That was just from right, yeah, the situation that we were in, and so in my mind, I'm preparing. Okay, what kind of cuts can we make, and without having to rip someone or take someone's job away from them? Yeah. Uh, fortunately, at the end of the year gross production, excuse me, uh, did increase pretty good for about three months. And so our carryover wound up being around set, a little over $700,000, but you see it's still a massive drop. Right. Um, the problem is with the carryover for me, not getting any state aid from right. August through uh, December, we spend our carryover. Right, okay. right. Our carryover is used to float the district. You right. know, I know that um, some of the legislators and some people made 
you know, make a big deal, if you will, about schools with large carryovers. Obviously, we had a large carryover, but that carryover funded our district. Right. You don't get right. you don't get a lump sum. It comes in through proportionments throughout the year. So, um, Superintendent, you did such a great job uh, talking about the funding formula. It is an equalization funding formula. So, if you have more local revenue, your state, what you get from the state is less. So here's, but what doesn't happen is what I'm hearing you say, all of a sudden, my local revenue in the middle of the year gets protested, gets capped. Do you get to go back to the state and say, hey, you need to up my uh, state aid? No, uh, because there's no place in the constitution to do that, no place in the state aid formula to do that. And the issue is now, I, I think, Miss Bishop, is that with and something I learned, you know, there are about $90 million under protest right now in the state of Oklahoma. Wow. And so you take about 40% of that, you know, nearly what, uh, $40 million, let's say. I don't know if my math is, is quite right, but take around $40 million for the general fund for those schools that are under protest. That takes away $40 million from the schools that require that state aid. Right. So I mean, it's, it's it's a it's a conundrum of problems. Um, I know one of the legislators, and I appreciate his interest in that. Uh, you know, was looking into this last year. They wanted to do a fund of five million dollars that schools could borrow from. Well, five million dollars doesn't even touch it. I mean, yeah. just for Minko alone, it's one point three million. Right. And that's all three funds. You know, a school right down the road from us, Alex Public Schools, they have a a, a protest going on. And I think. They're owed like over the last five years, near $3 million. And those, these companies wow. just continues to protest. And, and what you see sometimes with the companies um, is that they will set, the counties will settle with companies for lower values. And then after they're settled, they'll come back and protest again after they're settled. So, I mean, it's not, and I'm not, listen, I appreciate the investment. We have to have the investment. It is right, needed right. for jobs, but I think the problem is more systematic in the state of Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to point my fingers at energy companies. If, if I'm, you know, uh, uh, running a for-profit company and I see this going on, I, I may do the same thing. I'm not going to, you know, sure. throw a rock at them. However, um, it puts a lot of services in counties and it puts a lot of services, you know, such as a school district, really in a, in a particular mind. And not, right. not just with um, uh, funding the, day-to-day uh, -day operations but you look at uh, our uh, sinking fund pays off our bond payments right right you cannot default on a bond payment you can't it's it's no. impossible in the state of oklahoma so what happens is um instead of defaulting on a bond payment because you don't have enough money in your sinking fund because it's short that's that's carried over to the taxpayer the local citizen has to cover that and so we're going to find that you know, we're going to deal with that here in this community and in, in school district itself uh, here in a you know, couple of months when January rolls around, when people get their tax bill, it's going to be a little bit more than what they're accustomed to because uh, we had a $490,000 shortfall in our sinking fund from this. And uh, money that's not, mind you, it's money that's out there, money that's, that's in their escrow. You know, my thoughts are they need to release the money for sinking funds. I just, yeah. regardless, yeah. it just needs to be done. Uh, and and when, go ahead. when you have those, and when I think about that, just as a taxpayer, when you go out for bond issues, 
you're you're making a promise to your taxpayers you know and 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 that is you know you're not choosing to 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 do that you're not choosing to break that promise but that but you don't have a choice well i would also say that um companies that want to come into school districts uh they have to use the land of the landowners for a lot of these projects mm-hmm. and i i can i will just say that the message given by these companies are ones of um you know, this is going to be a great investment in your school. It's going to be a great investment in your community. They never really talk about the fact that a few years later they might protest taxes. You know, that that um, I appreciate the legislature looking at this, and I, I pray that we have some legislation that comes about to help alleviate some of this. Um, it, it has to be done. It has to put us on a level playing field because, I mean, quite frankly, you know, if it wasn't for the ESSER dollars, uh at some point we would just run out of money right i mean you would i mean you can't take those hits every year of seven hundred thousand dollars and not run out of money and that's just in one fund (laughs) yeah thank goodness for the federal relief dollars that have been coming in and and but i you do such a you do such a great job of painting the picture that our our public schools are a core service and we we fund those services through our taxes and make and when one of those pieces gets out of balance through a protest, it affects our kids. It affects our schools. And so it's uh, what's a way what's a way that we can solve this? Well, I think the only way that can, this can be solved is the legislative process. Um, it the, the laws have to be such to where it gives, I think, a level playing field for the energy companies who we need their investment in this state. There's no right. doubt about it. Right. Uh, but also there has to be some type of legislation or in this legislation to protect us. Sure. Uh, this is very unfair to our children. It's very unfair to our teachers. It's very unfair to our community and the local taxpayers. This is happening. And we're going to push for this type. You know, obviously we want wind energy. We want oil and right. gas energy. Right. Uh, no doubt, but there has to be protections in place um, to avoid this from happening. And I really honestly believe the best way to do it is contact legis- your legislators and, and demand uh, some action. I do believe it seemed to, uh, you know, in, in the, uh, I don't know what you call it, testimony or, or comments I made yeah. the committee, it seemed like it did raise some attention for some of them. Uh-huh. You know, I had some good good side conversations for a few minutes afterwards uh i think especially the sinking fund issue you know yeah. of, of that being passed down to people because when when people's wallets are hurt yeah they will communicate with whoever needs to you know <laughs> right times are very difficult we have inflation that's going up right uh, and i think that's you know a whole other issue for schools is inf- is is the infl- inflationary costs that we're dealing with now uh-huh. Uh, situations. I mean, all of us are affected by this. Um, so the, the legislature is really going to have to help us get a grip on this. And that's yeah. the only solution. And I, I know that it's been, you know, and part of the deal is you look at, um, I think you mentioned something, if I can segue into this, uh, on the uh, tax exemption, a uh, five-year tax exempt situation. We, and we were there for five years with these. Uh-huh. And um, 
I know this, that they, they put that law in place in 1988 to give manufacturer tax exemption. Uh-huh. There are all laws that have been put in Oklahoma. Right, right. That law from 1988 through about 2000, and I know this, uh, I knew one of the people who were on that committee, Dr. Greg Winters, who was at the Canadian Valley Group uh, Tech. He, he was um, uh, very much involved in the, in the uh, political causes of career techs and schools. But he was on the committee that helped get this uh, investment started years ago. But that law has changed over a hundred and some times to add people to or add companies or add things to the tax. Uh, and, and really, Ms. Bishop, that comes up on us for that five years we're paying that load. Right. There's no protest during that time. Right. Right. You know, and um, I know there were a couple of years there that we were definitely in the red till we got that money because we yeah. just didn't. I mean, we we had no tax revenue, we had no avalorm revenue, we had no state aid revenue, and so we relied on that. And it was it would be late June before we get those payments. It was because the state just didn't have it, you know, and, and they couldn't make the payments until uh, very very late. And I think one year was like June 29th when we got in the bank, and wow. so we, we were going to finish oh, everything. And we did not want to finish the year in the red just because you don't want to finish in the red. Right. Uh, yeah, nobody uh, wants to do that. Nobody. <laughs> no, I mean, so that that that's the whole issue of itself. Yeah. Uh, I think that has to be looked at. And I think they have tweaked that somewhat over the last couple of years. But uh, I've, I've definitely dealt with a five-year exemption. Um, and it's hard. Yeah. It's real hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think the, the main thing is... The, the, I can tell you the people of Minka, Oklahoma, and in the school district demand a high quality education for their uh, children, regardless of budget. So it, it, yep. it's, it's very challenging. Well, this is a complex issue. And thank you so much, Superintendent, for explaining it in a way that anybody can understand. And, and you know, if, if this is a community you live in, find out, call your lawmakers, let them know that that um, just exactly as you said, uh, everybody expects a high quality education regardless of what's happening financially. So um, we appreciate your time so much, Superintendent. Thank you for having me. It's been a, it's been a pleasure and a real joy getting to meet you and uh, look forward to seeing you down the road. Well, let's take some time and catch up with Catherine. We are so excited to accept applications uh, for a teaching and learning specialist that will be on our western side of the state. Yeah. If you are all about, if your jam is providing professional learning to, uh, if you love curriculum and yep. um, supports for educators, we this is a, a spot for you. And that application period is, stays open until next Wednesday, October the 27th. So please go to okea.org slash careers and you can find where you can apply. And you can work with us. Yes. Please don't let that be a, don't let that be a deterrent. (laughs) The most amazing people, but you are out and about providing those services for our members and just is, you know, we are more than just about bargaining or collective action. It is about professional learning and this is where uh, our members just thrive on uh, professional learning. It's awesome. So please go there and fill that application out. And then, uh, Carrie, we're also winding down for our last sessions of our test prep. Um, yeah. 
okay, here's the cool thing. If, if you attended one and you go, mm-hmm. oh my, oh my goodness, I want to do that. I need more. I need more. Yeah. You can do it again. Do it as oh, many cool. times as you need That's to cool. go to okea.org slash PD and you will find them listed. Nope, that is not right. It is okea.org slash test prep. Oh yeah, that is. That yep. it, there you go. And so you can find all those listed. So Come one, come twice, come as many times as you need. But those are going to start wrapping up. And when you P- do that. they have been super popular. Yeah. They, yeah. People are really enjoying them. And you get it. I mean, you're doing it with college professors who who are, I mean, giving you lots of great strategies. And they've, those have been really popular sessions. Yeah. Especially if you've like done the PD, you took one of the practice tests and go, whoa, I need to hear yeah. that again. Great yeah, yeah. opportunity to do that. So. Um, so Catherine, I've got to ask you, you've mm-hmm. been out on the road this week. I, I, a little country and Western song just played in my head when you said that. <laughs> yes. On the road again. We yes. have, yeah. Vice president Carrie Elledge and I have been doing a listening road trip. Cool. Keyword listening. We yes. have been out and about listening to our members and um, in their communities and um, you know every community is unique Mm -hmm. and so I am so grateful we've got to visit so many great locals uh we oh my gosh I saw I saw a picture of you guys in Miami with the support professionals there and someone brought their adorable babies they did jealous every meeting should have babies I know it was it was like (laughs) I I have to hold one yeah, <laughs> I have to hold one. Yeah. And, and, uh, Carrie, Carrie and I, sometimes we're at the same one, but a lot of times uh-huh. we split up and we went so we could get to more. So cool. I went to cool. Miami and on that same day, uh, on Monday, it was actually Monday. Yeah. Uh, she went to Grove. She got to go oh, to cool. Grand Lake. She went to yeah. Grove. And then, um, then I went to Bartlesville and, oh my gosh, how cool is this? We had coffee. It was just coffee and chat at seven yeah. o'clock in the morning teachers came out they opened up the coffee shop early for us so they oh that's awesome that and chat before they had to be at school by 7 38 that was amazing (laughs) that's awesome then we went over to claremore and with the uh, claremore classroom teachers association oh and then we hit muskogee and tahlequah we were in the northeast but next week um this coming week we're going we're going to be in the tulsa metro and then in uh, first of November, that first week of November, we're yeah. going to be in the Southeast. So then so, we're going to do it all over again after Christmas break. <laughs> I was going to say the Western half of the state is giving yeah. you the side eye. Yeah, we're coming your way after okay. Christmas break because we know it, December is so busy for it's, our it, folks. Yeah. Crazy and, town. Yeah, Trying to wrap wanna, up the semester and do family stuff and it's crazy yeah. town. You got Thanksgiving and Christmas and... Yeah. So you need to kind of take a breath, but then yeah. we're going to hit it again. And so be, uh, be ready when we make that call and say, yeah. hey, can we come your way? You go, yes, you can, because yeah. we want to listen. And it's about sharing that stories and so, what we've heard. What, what's, what's, I know that this is like, you know, maybe an unfair question because it's just the first week out of like yeah. many weeks but like what are you what's something you learned this week that's like stood out to you or something that like was reaffirmed for you this week you know we we oh some people want to wrap 
this last two years up in a bow and talk about academic or, you know, that, that gap we've had with our academic uh, needs, are our educators and our students' social and emotional needs are waning mm. desperately. And we are not taking, uh, we're acting like the last two years didn't happen. Everybody needs to pull themselves up by their bootstraps mm-hmm. and just keep on going. We have to acknowledge that we have lived and we are living in a ban- pandemic. And there has this has been a crisis. There has yeah. been trauma. And yeah. we need the supports and services wrapping around our schools to help everybody out. You know, it's been it's so, it's so interesting to exactly what you're talking about. Um, there are folks who I think thing is it's sort of dismissive of well kids are resilient yeah kids kids are resilient to a point but like the pandemic has affected me as an adult I know for sure it has affected my children and that's our our educators and support staff and administrators and everybody are like this is not over for them and we're and everything is and how it looks is not the cause and we're hearing lots across the state that um having lots of behavioral issues, yeah. lots of social emotional issues. And when you think about it, ninth graders today, when mm-hmm. for many of them, for the majority of them, they were seventh graders. The last yeah. time that they actually had a typical school year start. Yeah, that's when my, look last year my first half. grader has never had a typical school year. Yeah. Never. Yeah. And I was talking with a teacher in Miami who does three-year-olds, which I would love to do. <laughs> When this started, they were one. Right. And this so their lives. Oh my goodness. We have to get we have to get centered and we have to get focused yeah. on um our our well-being. Yeah. Our well-being is so vitally important right now and and it has to be front and center. Well, I cannot wait to hear um how you know what you hear out the next couple of weeks because I'm it's just uh, our our members are amazing. OEA members are so tough and amazing. So I'm, I'm so glad that you guys are going out. So, well, we want to say thank you so much to Noble County Assessor Mandy Snyder and Minko Superintendent Kevin Sims for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of the OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts. You can also contact us at friedokrapodcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.